Good evening. Once again, Sunday evening is here, but I'm not as depressed as I usually am. This is the Tomorrow Christian Today, ranting before I pray. Uh, I'm pumped. I mean, church was awesome today. Pastor was awesome. Uh, you know, went to the aquarium store, check out some stuff, then went back for the fellowship. And we just talked about uh, a prayer of examination and the lady who's leading it. Like, I just love the fellowship. I just love where we sit down, we dialogue, we talk together, we go off, we pray, and then we come back and um, just pumped, you know, just driving back on Young Street, you know, getting my chili from Tim Hortons. You know, uh, the lady had said to me two weeks ago, hey, Mr. Chili. You know, I always get a chili afterwards, and now I'm getting predictable, right? I said, now I'm predictable. I've lost all my mystery. So that caused a bit of a, that caused a, a bit of a laughter somewhat. So I try to be funny, even though I always don't succeed. You know, uh, Christopher Hitchens said that his mother said, whatever you do, Chris, don't be boring. So please, don't be boring. And then came home and found the Bible Project videos. They're doing some videos. Today is Palm Sunday. Happy Palm Sunday. Uh, to those of you who went to church and to those of you who didn't. And Jesus went into uh, Jerusalem and they acknowledged him to be the king. They believed he was going to be the king from Isaiah. And then somehow it turned sour in the middle of the week. And all the, you know, when Jesus didn't quite do what he wanted, he wasn't the Messiah that everybody was looking for, they turned against him. And I think he had a big fight with the, um, with the, the Pharisees. I think, the, is that in Matthew 23? Yeah, he had a big fight with the religious leaders. You know, he says, you shall not see the Son of Man again until you learn to call him blessed or the, the one from the Lord learned to call him blessed. I, I'm, I'm just kind of doing it roughly. So where is my Bible? Yes. So um, it was a big fight. And I think that was like Tuesday or Wednesday or something of this week. And then a lot happens to G a man when you're Jesus Christ in a week. And then he's killed. And then, he, you know, next Sunday will be um, Passover Sunday will be the Resurrection Sunday. And I remember when I first got to the church, people were saying, Christ is ris risen? Yes, he is risen indeed. And that's something the early church also said. Christ is risen indeed. So keep that in mind if you're a new Christian. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. I just really got a kick out of that. But I'm pumped. And I want to pray. And then we'll read Genesis 45. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the beautiful sun, the S-U-N. Uh, thank you for the days being longer. It's so cherry to have bright days, uh, certainly in Ontario. And I thank you, Lord, for your son, Christ our Lord, who has died to set us free, to take away our sins, to put us under the new covenant. And the new covenant, Lord, is your grace, your forgiveness, your commandments. We shall love you, Lord, with all our hearts and soul, and we shall also love our neighbors ourselves. We fail in that, but we have grace, Lord, to, to try again, not try, but to let you do it in us. But we have to open the door because you've given us the power of choice if we want to let you in or not. And we do. And we want to be like Jesus and we want to live forever. And these are solemn matters, Lord. And also we had communion today. I'm reminded in the prayer and that communion is a solemn event. It's a time of rededication, reflection of what we want to do and of re-giving ourselves, giving ourselves back to you, Lord, so that you may sanctify us, consecrate us and make us holy. And I thank you, Lord, for all the Bible resources. So help us, Lord, as we read Genesis 45 to see Jesus in that, to enjoy it, to have fun, but to also be very serious, to be open to the Holy Spirit as he chisels us, as he sanctifies us, as he readies us 
for life with you when you come back in the clouds. You are coming in Revelation 1-7. I know you are, Lord. I know you're coming back and I know you're coming back soon. And I want to be ready and I want to influence people to really enjoy reading the Bible and to see your son. And I'm not a perfect influence, but just help me to say what you would want me to say. Help me to glorify you. I pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Okay, so let's get to it. Uh, Genesis 45. Let me just make sure I got everything here. Got my Bible here. Okay, Joseph reveals his identity. Ooh, the big, the big reveal. So it's like Clark Kent telling Lois Lee he's Superman. Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room and he said to his attendants, out, all of you. Oh, wow. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Hey, I'm the guy you threw in a pit. Remember me? Remember that guy? Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him and word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. Wow. You know, so he's second in command. He's the prince of Egypt, just like Jesus is the prince. You know, Jesus shares the throne with his father and he's at the right hand um, of the throne with his father. Jesus is second in command, but he's also God in flesh. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him. So whatever authority God the Father has, he has transferred it to Jesus. And, and really, Jesus even said that, right? Jesus has said that a number of times in the gospel. But it just um, also it just reminds me, um, you know, the authority that Jesus has, the authority of the Son. And it says here, um, John 5, 22, the father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Wow. That's what Jesus says about himself. And he says, the father has given him this. He's not giving it to himself. He says, the father has bestowed it upon him. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. So he is saying that, um, you know, the father has given him authority and whatever he says, that's what the father says. And if you reject him, Jesus, you're rejecting the father. I mean, those are really big words, but in his case, it's true. You know, for any human to say that, I guess people want to be really, really sure. But the, you know, the Jews, the religious leaders did not believe that he was the Messiah, sadly did not believe who he said he was. But here, Joseph is a human uh, person and he has his, his um, authority carries a lot of weight because even Pharaoh hears now, Pharaoh's like the father, right? And the father's hearing what the son, um, how the son is reacting. He says, I am Joseph, he said to his brothers, is my father still alive? He's talking about his earthly father, which was Jacob, but his fathers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Now it's making sense. That's how he knew so much about our family. That's how he knew there was another brother. Oh my goodness, you got to be joking me. You got to be joking with me. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine the reactions going through that? Fear, um, elation, escalation, um, trepidation, um, depression, um, angst, everything, man, everything. You know, there's no time to be um, impassive or indifferent, okay? right it's fear and, and 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 everything everything is coming coming due on them at this very moment everything is coming to pass please come closer he said to them so they came closer and he said again i am joseph your brother whom you sold into slavery in egypt maybe they couldn't recognize him 
You ever see some pictures, you know, the Egyptian people, they kind of have like their hair, they were bald or they had something where their hair was kind of tightly banded back. Like, I don't know what he was, you know, I don't know. Maybe he had some headdress he took off, right? Maybe he took off his crown or he took off whatever, you know, hat that he had. You know, men in authority always have hats on, thrones, whatever. I mean, sorry, crowns, whatever they have, you know, they have something on their head, you know. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Wow. Now that's what you call trust. That's what you call faith. But if he really was thrown into prison when he was 17, he's now 30. He's had 12 years to think about it. He's had 12 years to grapple with God, to go with God. We, we all kind of grapple with God. We're all like, um, was it Jacob? grappling with God, grappling with that angel. You know, we, we, you know, one guy said, you're not fighting God, you're fighting before God. You're fighting with your life. You're fighting with your faith. God is watching over and you're fighting. Jesus says, take care, I've overcome the world. That's what you got to do as a Christian. Yes, you have the peace that passes understanding, but in a way, now you're grappling with yourself. I trust, I don't trust. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't do, those are the things I do. You're kind of in another dogfight. He's had 12 years to think about everything that's happened to him. And I'm sure that if they had showed up before, like supposing that he had become, somehow he had become in this position, but it was only two or three years after, he would have been angry. You know, I, 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 said, that I, have been, I have said personally that I'm angry about the things that happened in my family, in my own family. And I'm, you know, I don't see my children. I do see them through discord. And I'm so grateful to God that they seem to be safe and they're with relatives and stuff, but they're not, you know, in the same province that I'm in now. You know, they're overseas, they're in Europe. Um, and I'm saddened and I can't wait to see them. And I hope we can live together in peace before they finally grow up and, and leave for good. But it doesn't seem like it'll happen. And sometimes I feel very angry, but sometimes I realize, you know, this had to happen to me. I had to be isolated. I had to be cut off to trust God. How do you trust God when things are going good? I don't wish evil on anybody. I don't want to experience the trials of Job. I don't want to go through trials. I don't like being chiseled. It hurts. I don't like uh, praying for something and it doesn't happen when I want it. I don't like it. But I think to myself, if God is in charge and I'm supposed to trust God, am I supposed to trust God when things don't make sense? Am I supposed to trust God when things, especially when they don't make sense? Am I supposed to try? I mean, Moses had to go into the desert. Jesus was fasting for 40 days. I mean, what, some of the other prophets too, I'm sure they had their own trials and tribulations. Do you know what I mean? Like you, when you're a Christian, it just seems like everybody abandons you or, or people speak badly about you. Jesus said, I'll never abandon you. And you said, Jesus, I know you're with me. I know this by faith, but why does everybody have to turn on me? Maybe you have to, I don't know, get angry, get it out of your system. I'm not saying be angry with God and call names, but it's like, that's what happens. All the poison comes out of you until finally you just give up and you just say, it's just, it's so exhausting to just rant about this. Just accept the situation. And then when you do accept it and you have faith and you have faith in God and you have peace with God, all of a sudden things resolve. That's just my opinion, because I don't know what his mindset was, but I would have thought if they had showed up two or three years after they did this, right? He wouldn't have been ready. He wouldn't have had the character. He might have had the power 
to, to do something to them, but he wouldn't have had the character to forgive them and be mature. See, God is mature power with maturity. Do you know what I'm saying? Like God has all power, but he's not a dictator. He's not a crazy dictator. Why does God have to boss fleas around? Now the devil on the other hand is a creature. He has a lot of power and he's very immature. And if he were given all power, he would kill everybody. If you don't worship him or you don't do what he says, he'd just destroy you. And he hasn't learned, he hasn't grown at all. He's, he's, he's power, but it's limited by God, but with great immaturity. He's so immature, he's a child. He's a petulant child. If he doesn't get his way, uh, he, he'll, he'll hurt you. The devil does not fit to rule the universe. And he's not equal to God and never will be. And we won't be either. God is power with maturity. He's infinite. It's infinity. And infinity is mature. You know what I mean? God is. God didn't just mature, just, just the way he is. He says, I am and I don't change. But he's emotional intelligence with power. And that's Joseph became this because he could have he could have exacted revenge on these guys. He could have just said, oh, okay, you guys are here now. I'm going to fix you real good. You ever seen some movies, you know, where people settle accounts? I'm not going to tell you what movies I'm talking about. That's just my rant. It says, God sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Wow. God used your evil deed to save us all. That's maturity, friends. That's somebody who has really thought long and hard under the power of the Holy Spirit about what happened to him in life because he could have taken out on those boys. He could have finished them. Could Pharaoh said, you can do whatever you want. This famine has, has, that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years and there'll be neither plowing nor harvesting. God sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. God did it. God did it. You didn't, you just played your part. Okay, people can do bad things to you. It, they are responsible for what they do. Um, you know, Jesus was crucified by the Gentiles under Pontius Pilate and by the, the corporate Jewish nation. And it's a horrible thing what they did. It's a horrible, but we did it. But God used an evil deed to cover our sins and wipe away our sins. Like the cross is a horrible way to die. Like why that way, Lord? Why couldn't it have been just like painless? Okay, we have to get rid of the sin. Like why don't we just do it painless? But it had to be that way. But irregardless, God used a defeat to win ultimate victory over Satan and death. You have the choice what part of the line you want to step over. You want to, st you want to stay in death because that's our default now. Or you want to step over the line that God has given you. That You have a choice. You can just step over the line, cling to Jesus Christ, and you have eternal life. You're justified by faith. And if you want to walk with Jesus and become like Jesus and imitate his life so that Jesus is allowed to sanctify you, you live forever. It's a done deal, period. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Simple but hard. Go tell my father of my honored position. Um, oh, it says, look, you can see for yourselves, verse 12. So, so can my brother Benjamin, so 
And so can my brother Benjamin that I am really Joseph. Go tell my father of my honored position here in Egypt. Describe for him everything you've seen and bring my father here quickly. Isn't that wonderful? I always thought I'd make a lot of money and then I'd buy my dad a nice little house in Jamaica and he could retire there and he could, you know, he could, you know, I'd go cook for him or something, but I don't have any money. I'm in debts. He's always trying to play the lottery so he can win the money. So that, you know, he's got his dreams and his lottery, although playing lottery is not going to get you anywhere. But never happened. But if I had money, I, that's what I'd do for my dad. And of course, I'd make my, sure my kids are okay too. But God didn't entirely uh, design me to make money. I just can't. I'm, I've got a job and it's holding together, but got some debts here. Weeping with joy, he embraced Benjamin and Benjamin did the same. Then Joseph kissed each of his brothers and wept over them. And after that, after that they began talking freely with him. Aw. Man, this is like, this is unbelievable, you know? This is like riches to rags or, you know, coat, multicolored coat to um, slave and then slave to second in command. I love it. I just love it. It's like Jesus. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Yes, the Messiah did. Now he's at the right hand of God our Father. Now Jesus is king of the universe. On Palm Sunday, he came in. They thought they were going to make him the king of Jerusalem or of Israel. And then something went, went wrong. Something went horribly south in the middle of the week. And they decided to kill Jesus instead. Jesus was killed. He accomplished salvation for every single person on earth who wants it. And on uh, a week from today, he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead and he sits at the right hand of God, your father and my father. Amazing. Who would have thought something like that up if it were not for God himself? Nobody would have thought up a plan like that. How God takes defeat and turns it into victory. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The news soon reached Pharaoh's palace. Joseph's brothers have arrived. Pharaoh and his officials were all delighted to hear this. Well, this guy's a good guy because, you know, when, when, Moses, when, when uh, Moses is born, the Pharaoh in Egypt, he's not a nice guy. He ain't happy for the Hebrews at all. Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell, tell your brothers, this is what you must do. Load your pack animals and hurry back to the land of Canaan. Then get your father and all of your families and return here to me. I will give you the very best land in Egypt and you will eat from the best that the land produces. Wow, this is a nice guy for, for a Pharaoh. Of course, he did kill the butler. Was it, uh, who did he kill? No, he killed the baker and he restored the butler. But he sure is nice to Joseph. He sure respects Joseph. And, you know, Pharaoh's like king of the world now, you know. And he obviously respects Joseph highly and values him. You know, just like Nebuchadnezzar valued Daniel. And he says, you know, you come back, I'm going to give you the best. Wow. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, take wagons. Okay. Uh, take wagons from the land of Egypt to carry your little children, your wives, and bring your father here. Don't worry about your personal belongings for the best, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. Wow. That's, that's a pretty magnanimous uh, attitude. I mean, that guy must have been a half, you know, not everybody in power is absolutely corrupt. So the sons of Jacob did as they were told. Joseph provided them with wagons as Pharaoh had commanded, and he gave them supplies for the journey, and he gave each of them new clothes. Wow. So Joseph used to get a coat of many colors. Now they all got new clothes. 
It's like, you know what? Jesus gives you a new robe of righteousness. The Father gives you a new robe of righteousness because of Jesus. You want Jesus, you get a new destiny, you get a new robe of righteousness, you get a purpose, you get a membership in heaven, you get a membership in the new covenant universe forever. I love it, man. I love it. And he gave each of them new clothes, but to Benjamin, he gave five changes of clothes and 300 pieces of silver. So, wow, again, Benjamin sort of got, you know, a little bit more, okay? He also sent his father 10 male donkeys loaded with the finest products of Egypt and 10 female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other supplies he would need on his journey. Donkeys. Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. Interesting. I heard that a donkey, I don't know if this is true, but... Jesus picked a donkey because on a donkey, the way the donkey's hair is, it's a cross. It's the shape of a cross. I never really looked that up. I'm going to take that on word. So I don't know if you want to Google that after. Maybe I might Google it after. But on the, on the donkey, uh, there's the shape of the cross because of the way the hair is of the donkey. So Joseph sent his brothers off. And as they left, he called after them. Don't quarrel about the, all this along the way. And they left Egypt and returned to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. Joseph is still alive, they told him, and he is governor of all the land of Egypt. Joseph, Jacob was stunned at the news. He couldn't believe it. But when they repeated to Jacob everything Joseph had told them, and when he saw the wagons Joseph had, to, had sent to carry him, their father's spirits revived. Wow, I'm sure he's very happy. It's like, hey. That story about how your brother got killed, you want to run that by me again? I wonder, I, uh, well, you know, Dad, we'll, we'll leave it for later, okay? We, we don't really want to tell him right now. We, we don't want to tell him because he's not going to believe that we're the ones who did this, okay? Maybe that would kill the man because he'd be so shocked that his sons would do that and keep that secret. Have you ever, like, kept a secret for a long time and then you tell it to somebody and it actually goes south on you? Like, I don't know, maybe I've done that once or twice and I thought it was going to be like, okay, we're coming clean. I'm going to feel better. And I don't know if it really accomplished it. I mean, I'm not saying that you should keep hold on to lies, but sometimes, you know, it's just, it doesn't really work out the way you want. But, but I am digressing. Verse 28, then Jacob exclaimed, it must be true. My son Joseph is alive. I must go and see him before I die. Yes, Jesus is the Son, and He is alive. Christ is risen. He has risen indeed. God bless you.